Hey everyone, it's Judy Cohen and this is Wake Up Call 394. And today I want to talk about the good news about shame and dread. So normally I don't put those words all in the same sentence, shame, dread, and good news. But there's a way of considering these qualities in a positive light and actually considering them as two of the most powerful qualities in mindfulness, particularly in terms of wise communication, wise action, and wise livelihood, which are the three middle elements of the Eightfold Path. Let's spend a few wake-up calls examining those three middle elements in the context of shame and dread, and then maybe we'll look at the other five elements after that. Today, just narrowing it down to wise communication and shame and dread, the Pali words for shame and dread in the context of wise communication are hiri and otapa. Hiri and otapa. And according to Bhikkhu Analyo, hiri is shame at the thought of being about to cause harm. So it's really a form of self-respect. And it applies prospectively. We, we can examine it through the lens of intention. It's the moment before I open my mouth when, when I know in my body, eek, I shouldn't say that. Or the moment when my fingers are hovering over the keyboard and I just get that sense of, nope, shouldn't write that, shouldn't post that. Because my intention just isn't good. It just isn't right. Even, even when I've spent my usual ridiculous amount of time crafting the email or the post, because I'm getting that cringy feeling, that sense of hearing, and I remembered pay attention to that, and oh, bad news if I, if I plow on, right? According to Andrew Olensky's 2017 article in Tricycle called Guardians of the World, Hiri and Otapa are superpowers because they deliver that bad news. In other words, they point us toward that sense that something we're about to say isn't right, isn't wise, or is contrary to our ethics or in violation of our moral compass. So actually, Hiri and Otapa are delivering good news because now we know. But they're not critical voices, and that's important for me to remember and sometimes hard for me to remember. So with Hiri, it's that spidey, spidey sense of eek combined with not like, how could you or you idiot <laughs> to myself, but with kindness, with compassion. So it's more like a voice that says, Judy, sweetheart, you know, that's not a good thing to say or, or send or post. Or it says, you know, after I've spent that insane amount of time crafting the email or the post, Judy, sweetheart, kill your darlings, just, you know, channeling William Faulkner. All of which reminds me to what? Stop. Stop. Take a breath. Observe what's going on. Take in that I'm about to cause harm. That's part of the observation. And then proceed on a different tack, right? Or sometimes it's about wait instead of about stop. It's about wait. In other words, asking myself, why am I talking or writing or posting? Now I'm checking in with my intention. And I'd like to say I'm always aware of hearing that it stops me every time, but that's definitely not the case. So the other day I was making some tea 
and I was standing at the sink and there was a bug and I, it was about to fly towards me and I was afraid it might fly into my tea and I'm not a vegetarian, but still I, I try not to randomly kill things <laughs> and a sense of wrongness in my body came up and I just still went ahead and just swept the bug right into the hot water and down the drain. Or several years ago in the middle of winter, I was negotiating a big lease and I was at an impasse with this lawyer in Cleveland where it was freezing. I was in the Bay Area and, and I could feel how the things I was asking for were pissing her off and not getting the lease signed. And still I ignored Heary, that spidey sense of just being off, of pushing and pushing to make a point and to be a hero when what my client really wanted was just ink on the page. They just wanted the darn thing signed. And I just kept going until the client who was getting all the CCs finally wrote to me and said, fix this, or we just booked you on a 6 a.m. flight to Cleveland tomorrow to fix it in person, which was super far down on my list of choices. So at that point, I had to eat some crow and fix it. But if I'd been paying attention to Hiri, I would have been able to use that superpower to course correct, you know, before sweeping the bug to its death, before irritating the Cleveland lawyer. And I'm sure my tea would have been just fine. And the lease would have gotten signed more quickly. Eventually it did. And it would have been just as nice of a feather in my cap, or at least it just would have been put to bed, you know, and that's what, that's what was wanted. So all of this is to say that Heary is about checking in with ourselves, our intention, whether we're pointing at what's wholesome and wise, before we open our mouths or before we hit send or post and seeing and feeling when we're about to go sideways. And then Otapa is about looking outwards. Okay, so we get that feeling of dread and we, we stop, stop, S-T-O-P, or we wait, W-A-I-T. <clears throat> Why am I talking? And then Otapa is what causes us to back away or shrink from speaking or sending or posting. So it's also happening before we speak or send or post, but rather than giving us insight into the, the things internally feeling off, which is Hiri's superpower, Atapa is direct, honest superpower. It's almost like vision, superpower vision of the future, you know, of the likely consequences of what we're about to say or write or post. So if Hiri is about intention, Atapa is about impact. And then once I see what impact I'm about to have, it's about being willing to say, nope, I don't think so. Because I'll be ashamed to say that or to do that. So Hiri is dread and Otapa is shame, right? And with Hiri, we're taking care of ourselves. Maybe, maybe we're taking care of our karma, you know? With, with Otapa, we're taking care of others. We realize that if we say or write or post that thing, we might hurt someone or we might hurt the community. And here's the key. We see that and we care about that. Right? So when I was young, I thought it was cool to not care about what other people thought. And I forged my own path and I was tough and I thought outside the box and yada, da da. And in the end, it, it got me into some trouble. I was, I was running on pride more than compassion for the very reason that I wasn't really attending to my impact. 
And I wish I'd known about Odapa then because what Odapa really feels like for me now is that moment of tapping into the way we inter-are, as Thich Nhat Hanh would say it, of, of interconnection, of how not separate we are. Bhikkhu Analyo uses the word decorum, and, and that feels right for us, for lawyers. If I'd been paying attention to Otapa, I'd have wondered, what's going on in Cleveland? You know, what's, what's going on with that person? And how are my calls and emails pointing this deal away from something positive? Like, what's my contribution to what feels like something going sideways, going south? rather than if I can get these two more deal points, I'll be the hero and my client will give me more business, right? When, when James Baraz, my teacher, talks about Hiri and Otapa, he, he says they're our conscience. And I really like that. You know, Hiri is my conscience dreading saying or writing or posting something that doesn't feel right. And the shame I know I'll feel if I do it anyway is otapa, you know, and my mind might blow by both of those and sweep the bug down the drain or try to be the hero. It might overpower my superheroes, but that's just the path of mindfulness not always being so easy, right? The harder path, the wise path is to pay attention to these two superheroes and let them be my guide, you know. And what a relief to do that, to pay attention to shame and dread and then enjoy the bliss of blamelessness. You know, what a relief to understand and be able to practice with one more element of wise communication. <laughs> right. So, sorry I forgot to change the slide, but there's the slide of dread, shame and dread right there. And now let's sit together. So taking a, a comfortable posture that's upright, that's supportive of your practice, that's supportive of whatever you need in this moment. Maybe you need to settle in, settle down. Maybe you need to perk up. Whatever you need. Bringing the attention to the breath or to the sound in your environment. 
Noticing how the breath just comes and goes. Sound, same, arises and passes away. And if you're feeling very settled and stable and a little bit resilient, you could call up a time when you were about to say or do something, or maybe it's now that there's something that you are about to say or write, some way that you're about to communicate. And just checking in, you know. Because you have choices. So are there a few different ways to do that? And when you contemplate some of them or one of them, is there that sense of shame? I oh, gosh, I wouldn't like to have said it that way? Or is there some dread of, oh, oh, you know, that might not land well, that might, that might hurt when it lands. And is there an impulse to drive forward anyway, because you're an advocate and the idea is to win? And so what what relevance does this notion of shame and dread as superpowers have for you as an advocate?
and no no judgment no no self-judgment right just just curious oh what's useful here what's not useful here what's wise here what's not wise And then maybe letting go of the investigation and just coming back to the breath or sound, whatever your object of contemplation, your anchor is, and just breathing. Thanks, everyone, for coming to the wake-up call today. It was really lovely to sit with you. Uh, be, be safe out there. Have a good Thursday. Have a nice weekend. I'll see you next week.